0: are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever join Joe Fairless as he talks to successful real estate professionals and asks them to share their best advice ever from deal syndicators to wholesalers flippers property managers pest inspectors and everyone in between it's the best ever advice and none of the fluff let's go a quick word from our sponsor the door devil Homeowners spend hundreds on alarm systems each year, but rarely reinforce the weakest point on the home the doors. Bad guys know this, and that's why kick-ins are so common. Simply adding door devils virtually eliminates the home security gap. Sleep better tonight, reinforce your doors. Visit DoorDevil.com and enter best-ever to get an exclusive 20% discount on your purchase. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm here with today's guest, Mark Podolsky from Scottsdale, Arizona. Hi, Mark. Hey, Joe. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for being on the show, and uh,
1: how's everything going in Scottsdale? I have to tell you, uh, this is a time of year where I call my friends all over the country and just Leave like a really mean voicemail. It's 72 and sunny. Bye. <laughs> I,
0: I was uh, just having lunch with a friend and on my walk home, I think there were literally tears in my eyes because the wind was so cold across my face. So <laughs> uh, that, that would really hit home for me if you sent me that note. A little bit about Mark. He's been investing in raw land for over 14 years and has completed over 5,000 transactions. His company is Frontier Equity Properties, and he has a very popular podcast called The Land Geek, and as the name would indicate, it has to do with investing in raw land, and he is an expert in the raw raw land investing, and really excited to have uh, you on the show today, Mark. So, Mark, can you give the Best Ever listeners a little bit more background on your experience and what you're focused on now?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny because I kind of found this business in a weird way. Um, You know, I started out as an investment banker uh, out here working with private equity groups. And I look at, you know, hundreds or thousands of companies every year. And a great company, great company would have 20% EBIT margins or free cash flow, right? An above average company would have 15%. The average company would have 10%. And This We hire this guy and he's telling me that he's going to these uh, tax deed auctions and he's flipping land online and he's making 300% on these properties. And I'm like, come on, 300%. So I go to an auction with him and, you know, I I always, I think I spent like $3,000. I bought 10 properties, right? And like average price, $300 a property. Don't know what, don't know what I'm doing, Joe. And I flip it online and make, you know,
0: $9,000. And when you say properties, is this raw land or are there actual structures on this too?
1: No, this is, everything's raw. Everything's raw. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I took that money, went to another tax deed auction in Arizona. And I mean, properties were going for like three bucks, five bucks, 10 bucks. And next thing you know, I flipped you know, all those parcels in six months. And I made over $90,000 on that one deal. And I was miserable at my investment banking job. So I told my wife, I'm like, look, let me do this just another 18 months part-time. So I started just buying and selling raw land um, part-time. And I'd go to these auctions. And next thing you knew, uh, you know, 18 months later, I was able to quit my job and I've been doing it ever since. So... um, literally I, I, this is what I do. I, I, buy and sell raw land. Now the markets changed a bit from when I started in 2001, uh, but you know, what I'm really proud of is that when all my competitors were going under in 2008, I hung with it and you know, it, it provided a very nice livelihood, uh, and quality of life for myself, my wife, my three children, um, during that time when I was watching you know, just total wreckage out here in, uh, in Arizona and Phoenix, I mean, everybody was going under.
0: When you look at properties, uh, and I, if, if it's okay, just for my purposes, I'm going to call it parcels, um, sure. just, just so I personally don't get myself confused on structures versus raw land. So I'm just going to call it parcels. When you look at parcels, how do you evaluate the uh how how do you come up with the value of them because i've heard i've I've had a a land flipper on the show before, and he said that's one of
1: the most challenging aspects of buying raw land it's so hard and it's you know it's one of the best things and one of the worst things about raw land because you can't go to a site like say you know Zillow right and just plug in the comps because the comps can be all over the place you know one parcel might sell for you know ten thousand dollars and the one right next to it for a hundred thousand dollars and you don't know okay well how do i make an offer on this one right so it's very very hard which is why i make ridiculously low offers and take the lowest comp that i can find as my comp does that make sense that makes sense is that is that the approach that
0: that uh, you take is basically you, you look at the comps and you find the lowest comp and then you just make a ridiculously low offer. Um, seems,
1: seems kind of unscientific, but very straightforward. <laughs> it's, it's very straightforward. It is unscientific. And you know, the, the, you know, the, the reason is it's a numbers game, right? So if I make a thousand offers, I don't have time to go through uh, a county assessor's list and do due diligence and look at the comps on all 1,000 parcels. What I can do is I can generally look at some comps over the last two years, and if they're all over the place, I can just say, hey, look, I'll just you know do a backwards calculation. I wanna make at least 300% on a cash flip, and I wanna make at least 1,000% on a note, so this is my offer. Take it or leave it. Now, I look at people who are owners that are out of state and owe back taxes, right? So they're less emotionally involved in that land. And if they haven't paid their taxes, what are they advertising to the world, right? We don't pay for things we don't value. And that's how we pick up the properties so inexpensively.
0: And are you finding these properties or the, the, the parcels through tax deed auctions primarily? And if so, how do you, as someone starting out, how do you come across a tax deed auction? Is it just looking it up online? Is there Do you have to physically be there? What's the uh, approach?
1: Yeah, there's definitely different approaches. You can go to a, a website like taxselllists.com and you can find out when all the upcoming tax deed or tax lien auctions are coming up. I prefer tax deed where you actually buy the property as opposed to tax lien where you're just getting a return on that investment um you could on, it's a little bit different with land because the uh the foreclosure rate could be a bit higher but typically tax liens 90% of those redeem so i like doing tax deed um auctions now that being said you know it's not like it was when i first started where you could go and there maybe be five people in the room right you get a full room and things are going at retail that's a bad auction would you agree of course yeah, so what I'll typically do, unless it's a really big auction, I might send a representative to go for me. We'll go through the list and we'll say, "Okay, this is the most I want to bid." And that'll save me a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of travel as far as, you know, hitting a tax deed auction, but what I really would like to do is send those people that owe back taxes and are going to lose their property before the auction. I'd like to send them lowball offers. They know they're going to lose the property, right? Better for me to get that deed before it goes to auction and pay the back taxes than have to compete in a room with 10, 15, 20 people like me.
0: And is that where you go to the county assessor and get the delinquent tax report? Exactly.
1: Exactly. So the treasurer or the assessor will have that information.
0: And the other other thing, and then we'll get into your best ever advice uh, that I've heard on holding Uh, or buying raw land uh, is the holding period and how, you know, while there is less competition for people buying raw land, uh, probably a little bit more so now, it sounds like than when you first started, but there is less competition than people buying single family homes. Um, The flip side to that is that there are probably less people buying raw land from you uh, than if you had a single family home. So how do you mitigate the risk in the holding period?
1: Yeah, so because we're buying it so low that we can really offer these properties so inexpensively and on easy terms that the price alone really adds, you know, a lot more to the demand. Um, Plus, there's, you know, a huge market of land buyers in the sense that there's preppers out there. I mean, I don't know. Have you ever watched National Geographic Preppers? Nope. I mean, that show gets millions of views. Um, that, that in and of itself is a huge market. Um, so there's like little niches, like the mi- mi- people that, uh, come from the military, they love raw land. Uh, people grow up hearing you've got to own land as a long-term investment. Um, commodities, uh, people, people that own silver and gold, they typically like to buy raw land. So you hit up these niches and you kind of create a market for yourself in, in that way. So, you know, houses are great, but, you know, let's say that you buy a house, right? Then you've got to go through your realtor and you've got to market the house and it takes time and you fix it up. But with raw land, the best person I can go to is whom? Who would you think is the best person right away that would be really interested in that raw land? Developers. Not necessarily. It's going to be the neighbors. The neighbors want to protect that property from a developer coming in.
0: Uh, when, hey. you're, when you ask me questions, you're supposed to make them very, very obvious so I sound smart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Joe, I mean, Joe, you're a genius. Doesn't matter. So, because you don't specialize in raw land, but you've got already a built-in buyer with raw land because they have that built-in fear. Like, well, who's my neighbor going to be? Is the developer going to come in and ruin my view? That type of thing. So you can buy a piece of property, immediately hit up the neighbors with a neighbor letter, and sell property. I mean, I've got a, a coaching student, Paul. He didn't put any money out. All he put out was money on on uh for postage. So what he does is he sends out a lowball offer and he locks up the property under an option. Then immediately right sends a neighbor letter and the neighbor ends up buying that property. He doesn't put any money out and he made like $8,000 on one deal, no money out. Pretty easy within like 2 weeks.
0: Based on your experience buying raw land extensively uh, over the course of the last 14 years, what is your best real estate investing advice ever?
1: So my best real estate investing advice ever is going to be like we talked about before, make ridiculous offers, right? And also don't judge in the sense that um, just because you don't like that property doesn't mean that someone else would. Right, I've got a, a friend of mine, Kathy Courtney. Uh, she's a realtor in Reno. And she always says to me, Mark, she sells ranches. She's like, Mark, there's a pig for every barn. And it's true. So just because I might think the property is not that great and in you know rural Nevada, that doesn't mean that someone else wouldn't love that property and that wouldn't be their dream property. Um, the other investing advice I would have is treat it like a business. Treat it like a business and respect that business and build systems in place so you can scale it so you're working on the business like the e and not in the business.
0: I imagine when you're making ridiculous offers, you're, it's a numbers game, uh, and you're having to make a good amount of offers in order to uh, have a deal close. So do you, what is the process in, that you've automated um, in order to make that offer process go as quickly as possible?
1: Right, so you know, basically, what I'll do is I'll have a VA go over the list, and we'll batch that list. So we might look at a hundred properties in one subdivision or one area, and look at the comps real quickly, and then make those lowball offers to that one area. Right? Then that next week we'll, we'll batch it again, and in another area we'll make another hundred offers. Does that make sense? So we're not we're not making a thousand offers. Um, all over, you know, all over the place. And I don't have to do due diligence on 10 different areas. I can kind of batch it one at a time and become an expert in each subdivision as they come in and get accepted.
0: And you're getting the leads from uh, where primarily again? What website?
1: Well, no, the, the, the leads are coming from the treasurer or the assessor because we want to see who owes back taxes and who lives out of state.
0: And you're paying for those leads from, uh, from
1: that? Uh, yeah, I mean, office, sometimes, right? Yeah. I mean, sometimes the county will charge, sometimes they won't. So it just depends. I've got one student, who likes to go to the title company and get the list as well. So getting the list is, is one of the big issues in this business as well.
0: You ready for the best ever lightning round?
1: I'm ready. Let's hit it. Best ever book you've read? Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Love that book.
0: Best ever personal growth experience and what you've learned from it?
1: Uh, continually trying to grow and improve each day. So basically I subscribe to the Japanese philosophy of Kaizen or continuous improvement. So I'll give you an example. Like my son loves basketball and he practices every day. And well, I love business and land investing, and I practice every day and I train every day to get better in some facet of that business. Whether it's you know being better at automating deal flow, getting better at uh, managing my VAs, maybe it's getting better at marketing, finding a new marketing channel, building my list, um, those types of things. But you can never stop growing, you can never stop learning, and every single day, continuous improvement.
0: Reminds me of something I heard Tony Robbins talk about, uh, and he probably got it from the from the Japanese, but Kanai, constant, never-ending improvement.
1: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Best,
0: best ever success habit you practice, which probably ties into the personal growth experience.
1: Yeah, you know, it does. But it's also, I, I like to get up really early, um, you know, 5, 5.30 and meditate. And after I meditate, then I plan my day and I'm really mindful of my time. Uh, and I keep asking myself throughout the day and when I'm planning my day, is this activity going to help me accomplish my goals, I can't tell you before I did this, how many days I would just lose kind of just working and working and working and being busy and not, you know, accomplishing anything that's closer to my goal. I'm just busy. So this, uh, habit has really helped me, um, be more focused, be more centered, be more mindful of my time, as well as just enjoying, the the daily flow of of being in my business and and working with people and so um i can't stress that enough i i really uh it's really helped change my business and myself best ever deal you've done i bought nineteen thousand two hundred acres in nevada from uh a company uh we subdivided them so they're all 640 acre sections and made over $5 million on just that one deal. Best ever quote. If you're willing to do in the next three to five years what other people won't do, then you'll be able to do for the rest of your life what other people can't do. You like that? That's Zig Ziglar.
0: I love Zig Ziglar and I love that quote.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, my mentor said another quote to me. I, I, I was thinking about that before... Uh, before doing this is that a fish doesn't know they're in water. Do you like that?
0: It's interesting. Very introspective.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you almost need another person to help you see how you're working and what's effective, what isn't effective because while you're in it, you don't know you're in it. You don't, you know, it's like, you don't know what you don't know. What's the
0: biggest mistake you've made in real estate?
1: Oh gosh. Not having a mentor when I first started, Um, buying and selling land and I bought a thousand lots from a property owners association in Pennsylvania. And I didn't have any guidance, right? Um, I didn't know of anyone that, or I didn't look for anybody that's done anything similar deal wise. And as a result, I didn't structure it correctly. And instead of making, you know, what I projected was going to be like millions of dollars. uh, I really, you know, I made a little money on that deal. And when I factored in my time, I, I, probably, either, you know, broke even or lost money on that deal. So it was a, it was a huge mistake in the beginning, not, not knowing that and not looking for that person that could kind of help me um, steer clear of those mistakes. Mark, what's the best ever
0: place to reach you?
1: Uh, yeah, there's two places. Uh, you know, go to www.thelandgeek.com and uh, reach me there. Uh, also, the Land Geek podcast. Um, I also have uh, coffee talk videos on uh, YouTube.com slash The You can also email me, mark at thelandgeek.com. And you could also check out my, uh, my frontier uh, land selling site, FrontierPropertiesUSA.com. So there's a lot of places to meet, reach me, Joe. I'm yeah, those were more than two. <laughs> that's, more, yeah, that's more than, yeah. yeah so I think the best ever place to reach me is going to be www.thelandgeek.com. All right, and definitely
0: check out Mark's podcast. Uh, I've recently been introduced to uh, buying raw land through uh, a previous guest, and now you, and certainly um, – it it seems like a, a good business model, um, assuming that you know what the heck you're doing and uh, love hearing your stories and your advice and uh, the pros and the, the cons and mitigating the risk. Uh, so thank you so much for being on the show and we'll talk
1: to you soon. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it.